this week on the Push for Lace podcast presented by Bear Bells. We have some questions on the 531, sugar and cliques. Also find out what a couple of bellends are saying online about fruit and their own recovery aids. Alright, three, two, one, I'm a traveller Dan. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself, Dami. And me, Tom Hall. Let me start off by apologising for a no-show last week, um, because if you're in the Facebook group, you'd know. Um, I did post about it. Um, basically, I I think I worked out that I will be of living in, or sleeping in, six beds. I know, good. Um, in about 10 days, 11 days, something like that. Um, I'm currently moving. Is, Hashtag is player. I know, absolutely. Um, So yeah, I was in Norway, then went back to my old flat for like one night, moved out, then into Camden for three days, then to Essex, now I'm currently in uh, Marble Arch in an Airbnb, and then I will be in the new flat on Friday. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I unfortunately, I'm not in the Facebook group, so I was just sat here waiting for (laughs) No, I'm exactly. I am. I am in the Facebook group, but um, yeah. yeah. No, in all seriousness, it's good to um, good to be back. Um, good to be back in your ears, chatting shit uh, <laughs> about this lovely industry that we're in. Obviously, as two weeks have gone by, there's twice as much shit for us to talk about. So, yeah. uh, I think we should just dive into it, Tom, rather than hear about your time gallivanting, which no one really cares oh, about, mate, myself no. included. Mate, if you're on um, my Instagram, then, then you've you've had a treat. I've eaten out nearly every night, so that's brilliant. Mate, the only thing <laughs> that has been interesting on Instagram the last week or so is the fact that it's Cinnamon Bun Week this week. Oh, mate, it is. I yeah. can't believe I'm missing it again. I'm so good. <laughs> so oh, I think I think we can talk about that slightly because um, in the Nordic Bakery in London, um, there are cinnamon buns. Incredible. It's um, so today I went, I unfortunately missed Monday because I totally forgot, um, but Tuesday, it was today, um, even though I've got to come down and wait for my meat, but meh, I, I can, <laughs> funnily enough, I know, I know how to do it, but it's fine, it will fit my macros. Um, yeah, I had cinnamon bun with apple jam in it, it was great, because the cinnamon, drum, oh, cinnamon bun yeah. is actually a little bit, it's sometimes a little bit dry, uh, if it's not like dead hot. Um, and with, but within like the layers, like the swirls, there was like apple jam, and it was class. Mm. It was good. So I'm eagerly awaiting like like a white chocolate one or something like that. So it'd be cool, very cool. And follow my Instagram white stories. Cinnamon, that's a bit controversial. Mate, it will be good if it's all melted and all great. Um, yeah, I'll give a I'll give a review. It's fine. At the end yeah, of the yeah. end of the week, I'll be like blam blam. There's also mini cinnamon buns as well. They're like the size of my thumb. They were a bit, a bit weird. They were a bit weird, but it was like one pound thirty for a tiny one. I was like, mm. but like three of them did not add up to one big one, so I was, that doesn't make any sense. So not cool. All right, so should we jump right in, Dan, before we go off track even more? Basically, so we did have yeah, um, people have fired questions at us every now and again, and then uh, we'll we'll answer them on the pod if you're lucky. So Danielle um, contacted us on Instagram. I think I should give out a, a Instagram thing. Um, underscore Danielle underscore fitness. Um, so we got 
blah, 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 blah. So, um, didn't know if you could answer on the podcast, please. So, it's about sugar, alcohols, and polyols in diet drinks, stevia, and protein bars, etc. I've read mixed things everywhere. Some say that sugar alcohols react the same in the body as sugar, despite them being calorie free. Didn't know where the truth was in all these stories. I thought I'd ask you. And then I was like, probably should ask Dan. Um, Mm. <laughs> but, yeah, we've, we've yeah. gone back to this whole thing where people just ask you the whole time, and no one really knows that I am part of this. Even though I think you know, I think it's because uh, I'm not as angry, and they can approach me. Maybe I'm a lot more, more approachable. With my, I've got a big old bushy beard right now because I haven't shaved in a couple of weeks. Quite big, but yeah, it's more trusting. Yeah. I'm going to stand with a pipe, and uh, people will trust, yeah. trust a guy with a pipe. You're just a soft, you're just a soft <laughs> there, mate. Um, yeah. yeah. So I mean, firstly sugar alcohols do contain calories so we'll get to that in a minute but i'm assuming looking at the calorie free side of things like the stevia uh, is absolutely fine there's nothing wrong with that just a, you know a sweetener um i think it's a, it's a natural sweetener it's called a natural sweetener it's um, and on a side note it's fucking awful uh-huh. it's not great it has a, a <laughs> bit of a licorice taste yeah. um but mixed in with other things you can't really tell but um yeah, so that on that that side of things, that's fine. Um, in terms of like polyols and sugar alcohols, they're just slightly different in terms of their structure, um, in terms of their chemical structure, and they kind of um, can alter in the calorie content that's in them. So they're generally a bit lower calorie than normal carbohydrates and normal sugar. Um, there's nothing wrong with sugar anyway, so it doesn't matter if there's sugar in protein bars or anything like that anyway. But the reason they use these sugar alcohols is that they can remain a bit of they can. They're still a little bit sweet, um, but they obviously have less calories in, uh, and they often combine with fiber a lot of the time in these bars as well. Um, so it gives them less calories per bar, but still gives them somewhat of a sweet taste. Um, so a lot of the time you'll see like xylitol added to things or sorbitol. Um, they can be added to protein bars to make them taste a little better. Um, and a lot of the time as well, these sugar alcohols or polyols, um, or even the fiber sometimes in protein bars can cause um, people to have digestive discomfort. Some people are a little bit um, gassy with them or they feel that they're not quite as um, functioning as well as normal. Um, so if you have too many of them, that can occur. Um, but likewise, if you have a bit of a dodgy stomach and you know that, that could be you know, a factor. But from the point of view of the sugar aspect and all that sort of thing, it's just there's nothing to worry about in any of them. Um, again, as part of a calorie-controlled diet, there's no issue. So don't feel alarmed um, by that. Uh, the only thing I will say on protein bars is that they are a convenient way of getting protein in on the go. Um, I'm not a fan of consistently using them as part of a long-term kind of diet if you're trying to lose weight just because i don't think they fill you up for very long there are better choices you could make for the amount of calories that are in them and i think it is just a little bit i use the word lazy but for me if i've got clients sometimes and they're like oh i'm just finding that i'm getting really hungry at the moment and nothing seems to fill me up and i find out they're eating two protein bars a day i'm like well you're an idiot um i don't quite say like that but you know it's like well you think about your food choices and you know look at again calories you know per centimeter that you of of what you're eating and there's not a huge amount of of kind of volume in those in those bars so um yeah i'm not i'm not against them at all i have them myself Uh, but if you are dieting i think you should also potentially think about other other go-to things i think protein bars are great if you're bulking um, or maintaining as a way to stave off maybe a sweet craving 
Um, but in terms of weight loss, yeah, the start of a diet, they're probably okay. But as you kind of cut your calories, um, I just think there are better options and also cheaper options. But anyway, that was a bit of a went off on a tangent. But that's right. Anyway. On the back of that, because that's actually something that I've started doing, um, just because I wanted something a little bit more interesting and didn't want a protein bar all the time. Um, there are like bagel thins, which are like half, mm. half the calorie of bagels, and they're, which are cool, just half bagel really, but bagel thins, and you can just chuck a bit of meat in there, and there, it only comes to about 200 calories. Great. Yeah, I just think it's, it's like when I was dieting, like I... I would often look at it and go, well, right, it's 210 calories. And I'd be like, hang on a minute. Yeah. I could have, yeah, a, you know, a small slice of sourdough toast with egg whites and an egg with spinach. And like for the same amount of calories and nearly the same amount of protein, carbs and fats, it's like 20 protein, 25 carbs, eight fat. I can pretty much get the same looking meal and in terms of calories, but I can look at that and go, well, that looks so much more appealing to me than, and, ha- and also take me longer to eat. And there's more fiber and more goodness than, than like the protein bar. So, um, I, I've kind of gone full circle with protein bars that they are useful to a degree, but I wouldn't use them as a primary source of protein in a diet. And I wouldn't use them as a primary kind of meal or snack, even something like beef jerky is going to be better. So like for the same price, you can get a packet of beef jerky, which has got more protein, better quality protein, uh, and less calories from carbs and fats that you can save at other time of the day. And it's going to take you longer to eat and probably keep you feeling just as full for just as long. So just that's my opinion, but that's what you're here for, right? So yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Let's hope that kind of answers it. And off the back of that, cause it was kind of sugar related. Um, what I've written in my notes is Belland doesn't eat fruit. Um, this goes uh, <laughs> on a on a video that I actually sent Dan today, but he didn't watch, so we watched it together. Well, I didn't and, see it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we watched it together. But yeah, so we'll listen to it at least. Um, so this is about uh, a fitness professional that it was it was talking about actually fruit for breakfast or fruit being a like uh, it was like a. I clickbait like fruit for fat loss, like ah, uh, like a little thing on the back end, and um, saying that don't per- like the fitness professional doesn't personally eat fruit that much, or not at all. Um, and it was just ludicrous the reasons that he gave. Um, and basically, he was really just trying to get it away from breakfast. Really, I think that was the way he was like, just stop eating fruit for, fruit for breakfast. It's got too much sugar in it. Um, and if you, <laughs> and he literally said, if you if you drink fruit juice, you're an idiot. I was like, well, idiot right here. I love some fruit juice. I've been into a Waitrose and uh, with. Um, a trainer that we both know that we've had on before, Andrew Johnston. Um, and we've both gone for the apple, like uh, just a bottle of apple juice because we were like, we quoted, I don't have to eat the apple now so I can just have the apple juice. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that works, doesn't it? Essentially. <laughs> yeah, that's, why you're, quite, a, that's but... why you're a top quality nutritionist, Tom. Um, <laughs> Bear yeah, in mind, we were, like, we we were on like 5,000 calories at the time, so we were just like doing yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, like, we, I, when we listen to it, it just comes across very condescending anyway, at the best of times. But um, the fruit juice thing, you know, you're an idiot. You could be wording better, of course, but I understand the premise. If you're trying to lose weight, you know, drinking calories probably isn't the best way to go about it. No. I'll give them that. But... I, I, I realize that. Thank you. 
So I've got that down. It's just the, um, yeah, it's just the the total lack of understanding. Like the, uh, this guy, like yeah, some of the stuff he's said before has been so fucking ridiculous. It's so unbelievable. But this is some. This is actually somebody that I've called out once, but gave evidence and everything. I was quite nice to him on one. On, on I, uh, it was more of a physiological uh, rant that he did. So yeah, I'm just I'm just taking a real like. Um, I don't bother with anyone anymore. I can't be dealing with it. Um, like trolling <laughs> and comments and stuff like that. But this, so anyway, so like fruit for breakfast, right? Now, again, just to provide a little bit of context, he did sort of say fruit on its own for breakfast isn't great, blah, 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 blah. But then he was kind of going on the general trend of don't eat fruit, really. Kind of, yeah. that was basically for breakfast. And he was going on and just, he was just wrong. Like he was going on about how it causes a big sugar a rush and then it causes a crash and i'm like actually no, it's, mate it's not. two bits of fruit two bits of fruit has got maybe 30 grams of carbs in it of which the majority is going to be fructose which doesn't have an insulogenic effect anyway so it doesn't actually cause a huge spike in blood sugar um which is what he said so he's wrong anyway um <laughs> but actually eating fruit for breakfast is one of the best times to eat it uh, and the reason for that is that the carbohydrate that's in fruit is predominantly fructose and fructose is metabolized in the liver where so it doesn't it, it kind of goes to the liver first before it can be kind of utilized right um and what happens with our liver is our liver stores glycogen and then one of the reasons it stores it is it so that when we're fasting when we don't have enough available energy it releases that glycogen into the bloodstream so that we maintain blood glucose levels so that we don't die pretty useful um i know shocking and then <laughs> so you're having fruit at breakfast at a time where you've gone through the longest fast you've had during the day where your liver glycogen levels are probably fairly low um so you need to, to to stock them back up again now they can be filled up with normal carbohydrate glucose oats i bet you probably recommends oats for breakfast no problem um oats <laughs> would do the same thing if you didn't have fructose but the problem the point is that fructose uh, is going to go straight to the liver. So it's actually going to resynthesize that glycogen that you've depleted overnight. Um, so wrong on the sugar spike and wrong on that you shouldn't have fruit at breakfast. If anything, it's probably one of the better times to have it. Um, so yeah, up, up yours. <laughs> yeah, and it's just the general condescending tone yeah. of calling idiots having fruit at breakfast. And actually, like I said, I think fruit for breakfast is one of the best times to have it because it's a time when actually... It's quite nice to have something sweet tasting um, at a time when you're often told not to. Uh, and yeah, I just think it's it's fresh. It's got vitamins and minerals. It's got fiber. Um, and the sugar in it is not an issue anyway. Um, for, for the, some protein and you're fine. Like, for, the, for, the, for, for the platform that like we know this person has and for what we have as well, generally, the people that we appeal to, apart from trainers, is the general public. And we want them to eat more fruit. Full stop. So yeah. I, I mean, just, yeah, it's just literally a post about eat more fruit. You'll probably end up not eating as many fucking fat sandwiches. All right, brilliant. We we might put ourselves in a slight deficit. Um, mm. That would be a, a much better way to do it. Not like, oh, hey, you've just eaten seven punnets of strawberries, you moron. That would be something that would not be so great. And and do you know what? Like the reality, the reality as well of someone eating enough fruit in one sitting to cause any amount of fat gain like from <laughs> just that fruit you'd probably you'd probably have diarrhea yeah. before it even turned into any kind of fat anyway like it's the amount of fiber and everything else you be eating is just ridiculous so it's just the whole thing around fruit is just mind-boggling um 
no one's going to eat more than five pieces of fruit a day. If they are, they're probably very, very active, in which case they're probably burning off uh, the calories anyway. Um, like most of most clients when they first come to you who have no idea about nutrition, don't eat a piece of fruit a day. Like get a grip, man. And like no one, and this is the kind of person who's going to be like, oh, eat steak and steak and broccoli for breakfast. No, no way, mate. No one's going to fucking do that. You're an idiot. <laughs> like. You can't eat vegetables for breakfast. That's a really weird thing. And I used to be that guy sometimes who would be like, oh, yeah, well, if you really wanted it, you know, then you'd think about potentially doing it. And now I'm like, no. It's like, no, you don't need to. Like, there's other ways of getting fiber in at breakfast. Um, so, yeah, we live and we learn. But, like, I'm not – but this guy, you know, you, there's no telling him. So, you know, just leave Sorry, I've, I've been there when Dan was eating his fucking mints and rice for breakfast when, when he was with me, when he was prepping about three years ago. And – I think I looked at you in a confused face whilst I stuffed my face with. I mean, no, but that's or... because I, that's because I had had a smoothie at like half five in the morning, and then was eating that like eight <laughs> o'clock, and I was so hungry I couldn't wait until lunch. I was like, "Oh my yeah. god!" <laughs> <laughs> like, mate, when you're prepping, you'll do anything. You'll yeah, then I just anything. walk out for a bacon roll and then come back and just be like, "Yo, Dan, look at this. Mmm, great." True, true, true supportive friend. <laughs> Angriest Dan has ever been was the first time a prep at first base. <laughs> Oh, so it was absolutely fucking hilarious. I think I've got pictures from that of you in like so kind, just being so, kind. being so precious. But that's about it. All right, I think we've uh, covered Belland and fruit. Um, yeah, so uh, we also got some questions on uh, the uh, Pushball Legs Facebook community. It's free to be in it. Go get in it, Jesus. All right, um, five three one. I think uh, Tim asked about. We did. I did kind of answer on the group, but it's probably a better to answer on the pod because five three one is. I think. I hope everybody who listens to the podcast has heard us talk about five three one before by Jim Wendler, um, because it's probably hands down the easiest and most comfortable strength based program to follow. And it will work if you do it correctly, if you train to the right intensity. It just will. It just it's it's slow, but it does work, right? It's literally mapped out in front of you in a in a gradual linear progression. Um so what you wanted to know was yeah. what assistance exercises he was doing. There the only thing I would say to, I think I did say it in the post to you, Tim, was I think you slightly um so Realize that the 531 is a strength program and not a, a hypertrophy program. Um, it's geared towards strength, and that is why you're on it, not because you're trying to get big and massive. The end. Because it is you're yeah. geared you're geared around numbers. It's geared around, around percentages, all the 531 stuff. I realize the assistance work is more hypertrophy based, but then there are still rules to follow within the assistance work. So you don't tax yourself too much for the 531. So I think on the graph that they post, I think Tim posted, he, he um, slightly regressed in like month three or something like that. So that would be a sign for me that there's too much assistance work going on for strength building to happen because the intensity is too high. Uh, so he's essentially lifting too much load already so that he can't take it. Or basically, is he got to do one or two things, eat more, get bigger, mm. or crack down the assistance person, keep your diet the same. So you've got two, two things to do. So either aid recovery in either way. So, you know, the calorie, calories in, calories out expenditure, really, uh, of recovery. Um, or check your diet, yeah. 
see how it's going. But yeah, I think I think with with, with Wendley, he always says that if you do find yourself regressing or, or anything, just drop the weights down yeah. and, and kind of go again. The whole point of it with AMRAP is that it's self you know, self paced in a way yeah. and. I think with the assistance work, I've been guilty of it in the past. You look at it and you go, oh, two set, two exercises, five sets of 10, 70%. You're like, oh, that's easy. Like, that's, you know, comfortable. But what you're doing with those movements is you're going through the same movement pattern that you're doing. So you're getting a better skill acquisition of that movement with a decent load, probably a different variant. So you might be doing bench press, and then you might do close grip bench or floor press or yeah. um, whatever it is. Um, and it's assisting that movement or it's assisting your overhead pressing or it's assisting a pressing movement. It's not supposed to be, oh, my, my upper chest is a little bit smaller than my lower chest. So I'm just going to do loads of incline and make sure that I really squeeze every single rep out. It's more a case of just going over the skill and doing the movement. Um, not only that, but I'd imagine that if you're getting there as well, maybe you probably maybe not deloaded properly. He's big on deloads and he's big on he is. sticking to the numbers on a deload week as well. So if you stick to the strength numbers on a deload week, but then you've been doing the assistance work full, full, like, you know, you know, foot to the floor going for it, you've not probably deloaded like you should have done. Cause I think his deloads as well and his assistance work is even like 50% rather than 70% or something. Yeah. I mean, um, like the popular deloads with him, I believe it's cause essentially the assistance work you do like, yeah, like you say five sets of 10 on, it's generally split between two days cause you do like five sets of 10. So you only do three exercises on the leg heavy day and then you do, you can do like arms and stuff and like a pull exercise on the pressing days so you do a little bit more but the deload comes down so you do it's like a total set so you normally do like instead of doing five or three sets or something like that you you bring it down to like two or total sets of like yeah eight, that's it. it's something, something like that, like that. Yeah. yeah it's and 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 i think we've all been guilty of it. i think we all look at we all want to make progress all the time, right? And we all sit there and look at our deload weeks and go, oh my God, is this really necessary? Like, it can't be bothered. I just want to keep making progress. And maybe the first time you do that, you get away with it. Uh, and maybe the second time you might even just about get away with it. But then what you're experiencing now is maybe you're just kind of like, actually, I've not done it. Um, and, and even with deloads, the reason you go for a deload and you still lift the weight and still go through the movement is that you still need to practice the skill. I come back to the skill thing. So if you took a deload and you took a week off, Again, you might not be in the best place because you've got a few weeks to then learn the skill again, right? In a way, like re, you know, reprogram that movement um, in in your head. And I think I've been guilty of it. Like we've all done it. Yeah. Um, is trying to overdo the assistance work, thinking I'll do a few more sets. I'll you know smash in all these sets. And actually, the whole point of five three one is you're saving yourself for that top set of that first exercise. That's the only thing you should be focusing on. The numbers on the other stuff doesn't really matter um and and that's kind of the the crux of it really um and you know it could be that if you're on your third cycle maybe it's just a case of going look do something different for four weeks and then go back to doing it again um i remember when we did it we did about three cycles i think and then it was a bit like oh i'm a bit taxed now like let's do something a bit different um because going for amraps every week for 12 weeks is a bit of an effort uh and like tom said if you're not even getting enough calories in if you're concerned about that like you should, again, you look at Jim Wendley, he's, he's fucking huge. Like, he just eats and drinks. <laughs> like, he recommends, I think, drinking a gallon of whole milk a day while doing that 5 3 much, yeah. like, like, so that's the level that you should be at, is eating your three meals a day and eating a, and drinking a gallon of milk. So, you know, that's yeah, what he's like, you need so to recover. I've, I've, got, I've got his app up now. Um, it's like breakfast, six eggs, 
scrambled with cheese or hard boiled, one to two cups of oatmeal, an apple. Oh dear, that's for breakfast. Oh no, he's got fruit at breakfast. <laughs> Lunch, ten ounce steak, six to eight red potatoes, bag of steamed vegetables. Lunch, two. <laughs> two yeah. chicken breasts, two cups of Spanish rice, Spanish rice, uh, bag of steamed vegetables, dinner, two chicken breasts or ten ounce steak, large bowl of pasta with marinara sauce, bag of steamed veg. And then supplements, he's got like, uh, he's got the supplements, obviously, he uh, endorses. So, <laughs> metabolic drive, protein. There are other protein sources, ZMA, flame out, and vitamin C. Um, yeah, interesting. <laughs> but yeah, that's just like, I think if anybody wants to go do it, like, just Google Jim Lemmer 531. There are, there are a few like different adaptations of it. But like the boring but big one is probably one to go for. That's with your five assistance reps or whatever. Um, so five sets of tens um, at the end. So you've got five, three, one. It's like four days set out. Your military pressing. If you don't want a military press, just incline press. Absolutely fine. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Um, or just pick another press. Uh, bench press, deadlift, and squat. Um, set your days out. So you'll do deadlift one day, bench press one day, squat one day and other press the other day and then your your pair so both the presses together on those days so your supplement lift will be a five sets of 10 of just either a bench press or whatever on the other day and then but you do the squat and the deadlift at the same time so you do your five sets of 10 after your strength so if you're doing your five three one in a deadlift you do five sets of 10 on a squat doesn't have to be a back squat it can be a front squat it can be a goblet squat it just has to be five sets of 10 at about I think it's like the ascending is like week by week or is it month? It's month by month, isn't it? So you do like 50% on the, on the, uh, on the tens and then 60% yeah. month two, then 70% month three. So you, so you should over the three months you hit your peak or whatever, or the 70% is probably not your 70% by the end of that third yeah. month. Right. So you, mm. the recovery is a little bit better. Um, so that's like two of the exercises. Then you just add in like, so if you've got two pushes, add in your pull. So maybe two pulls or three pulls onto your upper body days. And then, so you, that's where you can whack in some arms, biceps, bicep curls are pulls guys. They're vertical pull. Absolutely fine. Mm. Um, and I think then, it comes down to as well with, with training. Like I just think it, as trainers, we try and again, like overcomplicate it and oh, yeah, there's a reason totally. that Jim Wender at his age and and his and his amount of his stature has done it and been been there and done it and kind of goes look it's as simple as this and I do it a lot now as well like I, I've done that before I've sit down and gone oh I'm going to think I'm going to write the most perfect training plan and I've sat down for half an hour and I've done it all and I think I've done it and I literally just go delete like what the fuck am I doing <laughs> and then I just literally all we're doing at the moment is we're doing push pull legs great program great setup wow, obviously amazing wow um but we basically got three different push days three different pull days three different leg days and essentially on each day you've got three compound movements you've got an isolation and then you've got like two exercises for your weak areas so on a push day for example it's like bench press overhead press and maybe like machine flies or pec deck and then you've got like lateral raises maybe and then you've got triceps and maybe another triceps. Like, as simple as that. You do not need to do any more of that. If you're doing three sets on those exercises with the varying rep ranges, and on another day you might do, like, incline bench, um, you know, cable flies, um, and, and maybe seated military press or whatever. Yeah. But, like, if you're doing 
those exercises at the right intensity, you're engaging the correct muscles, you do not need to do more than that. There is no point. You, you can, obviously, if you really want to, but you're getting into the realms of like over-programming. I think a lot of people do this. They're like periodize things for periodizing sake. And it's like, it's a waste of time. Like you do not need to go to that extreme if you are just a normal lifter. If you are going into a powerlifting meet and you are at the elite level, yes, you can start being a little bit smarter with these things. But the majority of us just want to get stronger or just want to get bigger. And the reality is we do not need as much volume as we think we do. We need more recovery than we think we do. And we need to eat more calories than we think we do. And that's, that's it. People are scared to eat too much. They're scared to rest too much. And they're scared to not, and they're scared that they're not doing enough in the gym. And the reality is if you switched your view of it and you concentrate as much on your gym program and your periodization and your training as much as you did your sleep, your recovery, and your nutrition, you'd be in a better place. Jeez, Dan. Mic drop. <laughs> I'm going to aid, like, diet, sleep, supplementation. Like, like it's, I, I come, You come back to it, and as a trainer, it's like you don't build muscle in the gym. You break it down. You build it outside of that. And I know you need the right stimulus, and I get that. You need to train with the right intensity. But again, if you're doing it properly, you're doing it correctly, you do not need to do more than nine sets for your chest for it to grow. Stop. You do not need to do any more than that. Twice a week, 18 working sets over the week is fine. Same with shoulders, same with back, same with quads. Like, you do not need to be killing yourself in the gym. Stop using body parts, Dan. Come on. Well, yeah, but oh, that's just what I, that's kind of what I know. But at the same time, it, the, the same thing applies, though, to like squatting, right? If you just want to get better at your squatting, people think that you just should be doing more working sets, more, 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 more. That's all they think about. And actually, they don't think about every session you're going into then, you're maybe like 5% less recovered because you're trying to do more. And the next session, you're 5% less recovered. And that accumulates. And then you get to the position that, that this guy's in. I'm sorry, I've forgotten his name. Um, where... You just haven't recovered, probably. Yeah. Having a week off where you eat shitload of food, you do some light squats, you'll probably find you'll feel amazing. But it's having the balls to do that and having the balls to eat 500 grams of carbs a day and not really squat that much and worry you might get fat. But knowing that in a week's time, you're going to feel loads better. Which is um, literally what I'm doing right now because I called it pretty much um, because of all the move. I went to lift today. Was men a work up just to a single um, and then back off next week and then ramp up again for the meet. And then, because of all the move, worked up to what was like a 90% single. The 90% single felt so hard, it was unreal. I just was like, nope, unload. Went straight into a Contreras, Brett Contreras 2x4 uh, deload session. Did mm. eight total sets and then three, four pauses on my main set. And then, yeah, I was like, I'm done. So yeah, and then, to, I was just like, and then, yeah, and then go literally and like, smash some food. I was like, no, I'm yeah. done. I, I need to recover. I know I do because I need to go yeah. for a meet. And the fact is that maybe, yeah, my deload's a week early, but life has just fucked me right now. So I need to you go. Know, it's, it's one of those where you should have just gone like, right, I need to go home. I need to sleep more. I'm going to relax this weekend. I'm going to eat loads of food. And yeah, like get your protein in, get your protein in before bed, all these things. And you'll just find that you'll wake up yeah. one day and you just be like I feel amazing I'm ready to go that's it it's as simple as that and I think we talk about being in tune with your body and auto-regulation and this is the point where we talk about I talk about I hate when people kind of say oh you should auto-regulate people don't know how to do that because they don't know they can't do it <laughs> no. you have to be very experienced to be in that position because if you let people and say to them oh, auto-regulate they're like 
oh no, I just haven't had my pre-workout. That's why I feel shit. I, I just need some caffeine and I'll be good. It's like, no, that's not how auto-regulation works. <laughs> it is literally, you wake up, you walk in the gym. How does the bar feel on your back? It feels like a ton of bricks. Like, right, leave it. You're not sure. in a position to, to squat, right? Um, yeah, and it's, it's just about having sometimes a bit of common sense. And if you were your own client, what would you say? Like, I did it the other day. I'm obviously, you know, dieting again. And last week I didn't lose weight. I stuck to my macros pretty close. I had one day where it went a bit crazy, but nothing really changed. And I thought to myself, right, I'm going to drop my calories. And I was like, no, what an idiot. Why would I do that? I've only been doing these calories for a couple of weeks. Like I've moved around a bit, but you know what? I haven't really stuck to them as well as I could have done maybe, but also my weight's maintained, but I'm looking leaner. Like I look leaner. Um, I'm feeling hungry during the day at times, all that sort of stuff. So I'm like, I'm probably going to be okay. Lo and behold, this week, weight drops, same calories. And it's just like, if I, I have to always still now ask myself, if I was my own client, what would I do? And we all have those moments where we get on the scales and we see it go up and I'm like, fuck. I'm, but I know I haven't put on weight. I'm not an idiot. But you still have that momentary second where you're like, oh my God, I need to drop calories. And then basically what used to happen is I used to take a day to come to that, that decision. And now it takes me a second. I go, no, you're being a twat. Move yeah. on. Um, and you, it just takes time. And it's the same thing with this, with the gym That's program. Is it just, you'll learn from it. Exactly like, the same with the lifting. That's what went through my head today. Cause maybe, I don't know, probably a year ago, I would have been like, no, no, I'll come back tomorrow. I'll, I'll do the same, like maybe in a couple of days. It's just a couple of days. I just, I'll come back and do that session then. Like, nah, no, don't need to. I know, I know all of my other side effects and I know I'm being yeah. in, in a little bit of a deficit as well. Cause I, my weight's got to come down slightly for the me. I was just like, no, it's just it's just this week. My deload has come a week earlier than I programmed it. Literally, it. I was like, all right, cool, back off, go. I know I can lift more than the weight I lifted today because I wasn't peaking for this week. I was peaking for fucking ages. Yeah. So yeah, it's just just annoying. But on the five three one, more of the assistance exercises. I think they wanted to work out. <laughs> Do five sets of tens or three sets of tens. Pick. Yeah, you're a pull. Pulls, basically. Do a shit ton of pulls because that's what is going to be needed. Um, I think that's what Wendler says quite a lot. So, And then he, he puts in a load of core stuff. So, like, and like some sort of... Dan did a uh, a video of a barbell rollout. So, there you go. Go go check that out on Instagram. My, by the way, I bet I you did. were absolutely lit up after that. I did about... <laughs> I must have done about five reps, six reps... My core for three days was like I in pieces. I just don't I train like... up at all. So much, but, <laughs> I was like, um, when I saw that, I was my... like, that's something Dan doesn't do. Like, yes, yeah, one of my clients asked for a demonstration of how to do a rollout. So I was like, oh, I'll do this demonstration. And I did it. And I thought, oh, screw it. I'll just put it on Instagram. But like, I did it. And as I, obviously, unless you do the thing, I'm not being big headed, but obviously, because I did it properly, um, it doesn't take that many reps. I did six reps properly. And I was like, oh my God, the next day, I was like, really feel that yeah, if yeah. i'd have done three tens i would have not been able to cough or breathe probably. <laughs> um, but it did make me realize that yeah i just don't really give a huge amount of attention to to it but um yeah it's it's just one of those things where yeah if you do an exercise properly you don't yeah, have to do huge amounts to, to to get it right and to engage the muscle and to get that put you know the benefit yeah so anything like yeah pad off presses hollow holds ab rollouts trx rollouts uh i'd be a fan of anything like that would be yeah. be pretty cool to put as assistance work then just do a shit ton of pulls 
face pulls, dumbbell rows. Keep it simple, bro. Um, that's all we need. Yeah. Cool. Don't don't go overtaxing and think you have to do a load of bent over rows and stuff like that because you, you're working enough on your deadlift. So you're absolutely fine. Just keep it simple. Wrap it up. Yeah. And eat basically. Yeah. Simple and eat. Um, and don't get confused about it. strength programming. All right. Cool. We'll move on a little bit more, Dan. Um, I yeah. think we got asked about. Um, I pronounce this just clicks, but it's cliques. Cliques. Um, and what we think, we got asked about what we think about cliques in the uh, fitness industry. I'm guessing in the fitness industry, not just in general. Um, and I guess how are we part of them? Are we part of one? Are we part of several? Uh, what do you reckon? Um, I mean, fitness cliques, you know, it's. It's just, yeah, like groups of people, right? You stick together and have a view of maybe things and yeah. you might have the, ev the evidence-based clique and um, the bro clique, I don't know, trolling clique, I don't know, whatever they <laughs> might be. But um, I don't really understand the question, to be honest. Like, what do I think about them? Well, they exist. Like, they exist, like, in every part of life, in all yeah. communities, in all walks of life. It's just a group of people who stick together and have got each other's back, I suppose. And um, the only thing you have to be careful of is you don't create, like, an echo chamber where, you know, people are you're surrounding yourself with the same people who just tell you you're amazing all the time and you know you think they're amazing they think you're amazing and you and you actually get into the big bad world and realize there's a lot more people out there than just you know the five people whatever that are in your clique but um i just think you just have to be very careful you know how close you get to people um like with tom like you know i regret every day that i got close to him and did this podcast right and you just have to be really careful um and no and it's but it's it's you know, it's one of those where I've known Tom for years. We got on really well at, at the gym and I know him day to day, you know. So it, you just, it, we knew it was always going to kind of be all right, right? And But sometimes you just have to be careful about, you know, who you join, I suppose, or anything like that, or who you um, spend a lot of your time with because you have to make sure that they have your interest at heart. And I think you need to surround yourself with people who will tell you when you're being a fucking idiot. Uh, that's more important than someone telling you that you're amazing all the time. Um, we, you know, at Team Pox, like in our office, we fall out all the time. We always have tough conversations about things and that makes for a better team. It makes for a better environment and stuff. And likewise, we don't just go to the same people all the time and go, oh, how do you think we're doing? Oh, yeah, you know, you're doing great. We don't want to hear that, oh, yeah, you're doing great. If you're not, you don't want to be lied to and stuff like that. So yep. I don't really know what else there is to say I mean, I'm not going to bash yeah. any other cliques or anything. I don't really no. know any like part of any like I don't think I'm part of any um I don't know if you count the people you work with as a clique I think it's more other people in the industry but um yeah there are obviously people who are closer than others to each other yeah, I, I think, think we've we've uh, we've got our push pull clique obviously um that's yeah the, right if, if we're determining that as a group then a group of poop people people um, yeah, if you're in the push the legs community group you can't be in any other podcast group <laughs> so. I mean that like muscle box radio one fucking awful um so yeah <laughs> yeah but i guess i guess online it kind of becomes apparent that a lot of people move in the same circles um a little bit more than like in day-to-day -day life i feel because in the online world, you get to, you kind of get to know people online, and it's a bit. I've, I always find it a bit weird because obviously you introduce yourself like if you ever see them in person, but 
you kind of already know them and you think you're in a clique. Well, I think there is some sort of clique and that's you even stay away from them at like industry meets or something like that because of they're in like that association with that or there you don't really like what happened with that brand or something that's going on you're like eh, they've got associated with that i'm not really going to touch them when they could just be a standout guy and you don't really know what the circumstance uh what made them to make that yeah, decision that's because you don't know each i think it's just because of the the way i know online personas are created um it's just tough to take people at face value as well um so i think it, the, the I think thing if we ever meet well anybody that we haven't met to. online i think we should say if we ever meet anybody that we kind of met on we've met or know of online we should just take them as that's our first meeting and kind of almost forget about all the stuff online and just say hello unless they're gone unless they have fucking recommended not having fruit for breakfast then uh all right but you should probably be interesting to see because i'm sure most people are quite nice i just think it's one of those where online people forget how big the world is out there yeah um sure. you know I, I i've been guilty of it in the past of not doing something or not pursuing an idea because i was worried about maybe how other people in the industry would perceive that decision um and actually who gives a I, fuck I think like because bit, they're and that's a common thing in the industry people really are so like thing. oh i don't want to do this because of how it might be perceived by my peers well fuck your peers they're not paying your bills yeah like you need to get out there and like if you want to use the word toned in a, in a post from females about how to get better arms and you need to say tone your arms just because evidence-based bro goes oh you can't use the word tone because you either gain a muscle or you lose it you know such thing as tone it's like no but you're <laughs> speaking the language of the person you're trying to help yeah um just like when we we're in the gym there is no way I would talk to the people in the gym the way I talk on this podcast because I'm aware of their knowledge and I'm aware of how little they knew or how little they cared about my knowledge. They just want to go in the gym and perform better. So and I'm like, right, Dan, that's how you do Dan it. Dan is far more polite on this podcast than he is in real life. I mean, you, you should I know, hear. Yeah. You, yeah you, <laughs> um, but also there's an element of online and offline is i feel that it's yeah you never really know someone online no really I feel like that. really yeah. um like i've i've known people online who on the face of it would be like yeah you know everything's great and then you know you find out something and it annoys you uh and the way they react annoys you and then you realize oh, actually maybe you're not what I thought you were, who I thought you were, or how nice I thought you were. And, you know, it's very different in person. Like, the amount of times people speak to people online, I'm like, you wouldn't say that to them in, in the street, mate. You yeah. wouldn't speak to them like that. And, and I, and I, like I said, I used to troll people occasionally, that sort of stuff. And I took, I kind of took a step back and was like, hang on a minute, you wouldn't say that in the street. You wouldn't be such a prick. Or you wouldn't, um, you know, go up to a bro in the gym who's a bodybuilder who's absolutely huge. But just because he slams his shake him as soon as he's finished his last set, you wouldn't go up to him and be like, you're an idiot. He's like, you wouldn't, just wouldn't do it. And it's, people kind of, I think sometimes treat the online world as though it's something different. And then they're surprised when they get in the real world and they can't communicate with people or understand people. And, you know, it's just really weird. Like when we go to like these trade shows, like, it's really nice to meet them. And like, they're really nice people. And you're like, oh, actually you're different to how you come across on social media or whatever. And you're like, actually you're a great guy. You're nice to speak to. Or <laughs> nice, you know, you're a nice woman or whatever. And it's not always as sometimes when you read someone's post online and you're like, oh, I, they always come across really blunt. And it's like, cause you don't use, you know, grammar, but then in, in person you see them and they're real nice. So yeah. I just think you have to be aware of the online world. And I just don't, 
I try not to give it any um, in in the kind of the public realm anyway. Any kind of any kind of thought. I think in groups and stuff like that, I'll happily comment and give my opinions and I'll joke and laugh with the best of them. But actually, if people tag me in a post like, oh, what do you think of this? I'm like, I couldn't give a shit. Like, so just, I'm not going to sit there and tell someone they're an idiot or whatever. And you know, it's kind of why we did this, I suppose, was to kind of be able to vent a little bit and yeah. chat about this sort of stuff. But um, So I think, like, yeah, obviously, so cliques exist. Um, what do we think of them? Like, I don't really, I don't, like, not a big like don't not a big care like I think probably people think I don't know me and Dan are within some sort of cliques but apparent to I us there's, there's also an element here of like oh if you're friends with this person or you're yeah, seen, yeah, yeah, yeah. talking online with this person that you can't speak with this person online or you can't do this just because I don't like someone doesn't mean that I don't like you because you like them that's not how this works whoa whoa whoa, whoa. that's just like that's completely fucked my brain what you just said <laughs> Wow, you like <laughs> this, this house move is really dumb, really <laughs> I said just because I don't like someone, it doesn't mean that because you like them that I don't like you. Wow, that makes sense. I'm not an idiot. That makes sense. But and it's that whole assumption of like it's so school like playground. Like oh, you're friends with so and so, so you can't be friends with me. It's like seriously, like. There's some people Does like that allude to? I mean, Lee, I mean, within our industry, that has been said is uh, referring to me and Dan um, before in a <laughs> in a group was uh, what do you think of what they think about me? Which was was quite funny. Um, oh, but yeah, it's were, like, that, that was odd. You, we we were like cares? we were like tag us in it. You want to ask us what we think about you? Then yeah. we don't care. It's all absolutely fine. But we thought that was quite funny, and we were like, oh, if you want to talk to us, then talk to us. Don't just. Or we'll talk to you. It's fine. We're not saying anything silly. Um, but within cliques, yeah, I don't think we're in any uh, ish. I'm in my massive third space clique of all my no students. One, no, mate, um, no one likes us. No one uh, likes us to be in a clique. So we, we haven't got any friends. So we might, we can't might, be like, we'll do a Facebook ad for it. Being the PPL yeah. clique. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it'll be like us and Souk, and that's about it. Um, yeah, here we come in. <laughs> and Phil Lurney Phil Lurney's such a nice guy he'll come in our clique it's alright yeah uh, Tony Gentlecore he'll be in our clique yeah, he's fine Star Wars we'll just start chat Star Wars that's about it and food I might join a bold man clique Mate, at least, at least you, I won't be taking oh, piss out of my you, head like when I was at that trade show and I was watching uh, those yeah, business guys that was, that was possibly the I, I might I, I reckon I, if I join a bold man clique, I could be the, the I could be like the leader because I've probably got the most hair for a bold man. Like I've still got a little bit sure. of hair. I'm going bold, obviously, but yeah. you know they'd be like, look at me and be like, oh my god, you got a full head of hair. I'm like not really. Great. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Struggling, mate. All right. Um, so we also get asked about what is the biggest determining factor um, to your client's success. Adherence. Adherence. Yeah. Listen question uh don't always take us as well listen but don't take us as gospel we make mistakes um yeah i'd say that some sort of um interest would be nice having some sort of emotional connection to what you're doing or what we're doing for you and if somebody asks a question more likely they're gonna do it because they've actually thought about something um or mm. they're just really fucking annoying and ask questions that are really annoying like um, VJ, I'm sorry, one of my clients, I'm going to name him right now on his fucking rack balls. Just, right, just do it, man. <laughs> Doesn't like rack balls, apparently. Um, so I program them even more 
So it's wonderful. So, so now all he's doing is running <laughs> every day. I got rid of deadlift work and it's just rack pull work. That's it. Um, yeah. On every piece of equipment that he can possibly do it. So yeah, absolutely fine. I'm joking. He's, uh, he's just doing it once. Yeah. Cool. I think that's the end of uh, what we needed to talk about. I've gone through a list. That was five things that what we've we got really stupid is, things. We, we, do, we, we do have stupid things. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds like bollocks. Probably because it is. Stupid things on the internet this week. Yeah, um, it was just posted in the group um, a few weeks ago, something like that. I think it was posted in the ACA group as well, somebody said. Um, I don't think we should give this guy the light of day, but um, some fitness guy, some absolute fucking moron. Um, so when I was moving out, I was actually watching this, just having a little break. Um, but this, this guy was, uh, he's got like 20 odd thousand views, fuck ton of comments. Cause that's clearly what he was doing it for. Um, and he was giving himself, so the video is titled how to give yourself an IV. <laughs> like go, go find our group. It's in there. If you want to watch it, don't, um, it's like five minutes long waste of your time got a few comments got a fucking few loves it's mad yeah 20,000 views odd um but i watched the whole thing because i was just like what is going on and to be honest go report it it's a piece of shit like the guy's just jacking himself up like online it's just absolutely awful that he's put this through obviously he's a PT of sorts, coach, and he's doing this to his audience, obviously to uh, create some sort of response that he got, like a shock and basically shock and awe and just scare, I don't know. He's got a like a, a verified tick, so that means he's cool, right? Um, but there's some people just been like, <laughs> so, yeah. One of the girls that actually was asking you a bunch of questions at, um, at that body power thing, you are a dangerous fool. Yeah, I agree. Um, wow, because he, he what did he inject like ten grams of vitamin C? D wasn't it? Was it vitamin D? He mm. did vitamin C as well, didn't he? I don't know. I, I, I someone I just saw someone share it. I'm like, this guy's an idiot injecting vitamin D live on like showing everyone how to do an IV or whatever. I was just like. Yeah. Again, it was one of those where, like, if you watch it, you're just another statistic. You've viewed it, and it gets him more reach and all that. And I was just like, I can't be arsed. Like, the guy's clearly an idiot. Um, yeah, I just don't understand what he's trying to achieve. And, yeah, look, he's got shitloads of traction on it, like, all this sort of stuff. And people need to kind of, again, understand that the reason sometimes people do these things is... Um, I don't know if you've noticed it, Tom, actually. Someone, someone who was listening must have noticed this, but I think it's ESPN have started doing it. They do a sponsored ad, and they do, like, a, a title... And it's like, you'll never believe what happened to this goalkeeper or you'll never believe what happened in this thing. And you click on it and, and you always click on it. You yeah. always fucking click on it because you're a fucking idiot. I'm an idiot. I click on it. And then, of course, you then get sent more of these fucking ads. And anyway, it was like, yeah, you'll never believe what happened. And then you click on it and it's like nothing, nothing at all. Nothing happens other than just a normal like bit of football. But you be on their website. You've got traffic to them. They fucking love it. Whatever. They get paid money because you've seen an advert that's on their website or whatever. Yeah. Um, I just see, I just see all these things now, and I'm just like skip past them all. I'm just like it's just so boring, um, and that's what I thought it was. I was just like, oh, the guy's just gonna 
having an IV, brilliant. Like, just do it in the comfort of your own home. Why the fuck would you video that? If you're going to do it, do it in your own home. That's fine. Do what you need to do, mate. Um, or better still, get someone who's medically, who's medically qualified, qualified to probably give it. So, um, but, but even if you don't, even if you want to do it yourself, I've got, again, I actually don't really have a problem with that. But don't don't show it off and don't be like, this is a cool thing to do. Just even the thing, though, so, so some people have commented, like, there's some guys that I've, evidence-based check, um, I've <laughs> I've uh, done a load of uh, PubMed search for the evidence on injecting, like, vitamins like this straight into, for therapeutic or preventive effect, there's no published evidence <laughs> for any of the stuff that you just said, or any condition, um, yeah. there's, like, one medical, piece of medical literature, and that's it, um, for the use of asthma. And then, but but you see the thing with it. This is this is my this is my whole problem with the whole like trolling and the whole like the whole thing. Every comment on there pushes that video to reach more people. Yeah, and the whole reason he's done that is to get it to reach more people. Now, if the people who are like, angry just reported the video and did nothing else on it, yeah, then that's fine. But by commenting, uh, do you think he gives a fuck? what Susie from the gym thinks about his IV video. He doesn't care. All he cares about is he's looking at that going, look at that reach, look at how much people, how many people have interacted with this, look how many more likes my page has got now. He won't do that video again probably and he'll probably carry on posting what he normally posts. But my point is that like, don't fall for it. Don't engage with these fucking idiots. It's like the guy with the fruit at breakfast. <laughs> the reason I don't comment on his video because then it gets seen by more people. The more people who comment on it, and, I, and I, I understand the argument of sometimes trolling so that people watching can learn, but that's not, you're not going to learn from someone going, you're an idiot, you're a fool, you're, you know, you're, 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 um, you know, you're, you can't put this on Facebook or whatever. No one's learning from that. Like people know watching that is probably not the greatest idea in the world. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I just think, yeah. So anybody with fool. half a brain cell. Who is not a doctor or have any medical? It's not a medical professional. Don't give yourself an IV. Um, there you go. End of. There, there's our. There's our advice. Um, yeah. And like and like I said, it's not even <laughs> like it's not even going to help in any way, really. Like no. evidence based or whatever. I mean, like worth, he says, yeah. he, he he said it's well. Obviously, it's not considered a PD. Um, he was like one of the, the some of the five side effects are better mood, more energy. What? Jesus Christ! Increased fat burning, moron, knobhead. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad we're back, Dan. Good. We uh, are back. Mate. We're, <laughs> I'm glad we're back as well. I missed it last That's week. Right. I felt really good about this week. Um, yeah. So I don't think there's anything massively. Uh... Well, if anyone's still listening at this point, <laughs> well done. You which, made it through. Which, um, which most people don't. Let's be honest, because <laughs> um, it usually gets boring by now. That Team Box have got a training workshop on the 29th of October in Bath, which is a Sunday. Um, The link is on our website. Um, The link's also on our Facebook page. It's also on my Instagram profile. But it would be really good if you wanted to come and you want to learn how to train properly, like all the things we talk about when we talk about engaging muscles, hitting the right muscle, um, how to train for hypertrophy this is not going to be a powerlifting seminar like tom's going to put on but if you're interested in the more physique aspect of training and hypertrophy and how to actually perform exercises using the muscles you should actually be using unlike jim the other day in the in, in the gym who i saw doing barbell rows um 
and he looked fucking woeful because he was not using the correct muscles that he should be using. And I do realise I said gym in the gym. Yeah, I was really... <laughs> um, <laughs> is that, yeah, we'll be basically going to go through all the major movements and how to engage and activate and everything, the right muscles, so that you're getting the most out of your training. Um, and more importantly, you can come and see me and say hello, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, so stay tuned for more information on that. But yeah, the you can, it's live, you can... Sign up now. You can get going there now. Get your ticket. And um, all six of us will be there. But the main thing is I'll be there. right? So, and this yeah. dis- disclaimer, I won't be there. Um, Even more reasons to come. Even more reasons to come. More, more reason is the fact that 29th of October is my birthday. Um, so even if I was invited... Fuck you, Dan. Oh, well, um, <laughs> I've not, not even invited you. I know. God. Dickhead. I, I don't want to go to a bodybuilding meet anyway. I don't even know what you do. You just gonna do bicep curls for ten sets and then jog on. Yeah. Then, you have, know a, then have a protein shake. All right, brilliant. That's well, it, straight after. <laughs> most of my seminars are about movement mechanic, but you know, that's right. Cool, Dan. I haven't got anything to talk about to be honest. All my first place seminars are lovely. Um, yeah, all very. I should film. Yeah, them, I've, seen, I've seen the people half asleep in your seminars. Yeah, I know, they're great. It's good. <laughs> we did Pendelay Row and Horizontal Row Mechanics today. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, nothing to go. Obviously, go review. We had a, a couple of yeah, we had a really nice recently. review. Actually, we tricked somebody to think of what we know what we're talking about. Which is cool. yeah, someone was like, "Are oh, they really not what they're talking about?" And I was like, <laughs> oh, "Yes, yes." Hook. All right. Um, yeah. Apart from that, download, share, do anything you like, um, and. Come, we'll just say hello on Instagram. Obviously, if you if you tag anything about the podcast, Dan would love to say hello. Um. I, I I mean, no one ever <laughs> tags me in anything to do the podcast. My Instagram handle is at Dan Team Box, but that doesn't mean that I'm not involved in the Push Pull Legs podcast just because I don't have Dan Team Box and Push Pull Legs podcast <laughs> on it. That'd be a bit ridiculous. Yeah, um, but yeah, you can you can tag me and stuff about the podcast and you know anything you see. And and I've got no friends, so I'd like. <laughs> More like tag me and things. Um, Dan lives online nice. as well, so he's more likely to get back to you straight away. Yeah, I, I generally do get. I get back to everybody that I, that messaged me anyway, so we're all good. Um, I, I wouldn't know if I get back to you or not because I've never had any messages. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next week. Catch you next week. Yeah.